Hey Real Life Church, Stuart Crane here. Hope you guys are all doing well. Um, I've just been reflecting on the last few weeks of church and how it's going and I'm hearing so many encouraging stories of things you've been up to and things that are going on. We've seen so many things in our own lives. Uh, we've been at the prayer meetings on Zoom which have just been outstanding. We have about life groups meeting up on Zoom and praying for one another. We had the Sunday Night Live a few weeks back which was outstanding time. Melanie spoke there. Uh, we've had had people come and drop shopping off at our doors. Uh, I had an apple crumble just arrive on my doorstep last week, which was fantastic. Love that. We've had people send us books and meals and messages of encouragement and offers to pray for stuff. We've had people offer us their cars because our car has been in the garage. It's been awesome. We've also been managing to get out and see what we can do. We've I've gone out and delivered meals uh, that Mel's cooked. I've gone out and delivered shopping. We are managed to pray with people on their doorsteps. I've gone for walks uh, with people and meetups in gardens. It's been a fantastic time. Loving church. I uh, hope you guys are getting connected and being involved in all that church has uh, to offer for you and serving one another. You guys are, have been a brilliant uh, through this season. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to get into the Apostles' Creed. This is the second to last, the ninth part of the series. And what I'm going to do, I'm just going to jump in because we've been going through it for the last eight weeks. Um, so hopefully you're caught up on that. If not, please go back and look at that. And we've been looking at this ancient creed, uh, which was a statement of faith from the early church. And we've been studying it now. So there are things, finding out things that we can be certain of in uncertain times that we're living in. Things that we can hold on to in faith. Things the Bible teaches us about who God is, uh, what the church is like, what salvation's about. Uh, and that we can hold on to it no matter what happens in the world around us. So if I just read it to you. We'll jump in at the next line. So the Apostles' Creed says this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Okay, the next section we're in today is we're going to look at the line, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. Now, what... Um, we've been doing through so far we've gone through basically we've gone through God we've done God the Father and then we did the lengthy section on God the Son took many weeks to get through that last week we looked at God the Holy Spirit and now after all that we turn up in the form of the church and this hopefully reminds us of two things first of all we're not as important as we think we are God is the most important thing. He's the one we always start with. That's why we've spent the past eight weeks going through God as Trinity, Father, Son and Spirit. Only now in week nine do we turn up. And the second thing that we need to remember is the church is vital to Christianity. The church is not an optional extra of our faith, something that we have to endure because we're Christians. It's huge to who we are, and that's why we find it right here uh, in this ancient statement of faith, saying actually the church is important, and it's got something to say, the Bible's got something to say about what the church is like. The ancient church father in the third century, St. Augustine, says, you cannot have God as father without having the church as mother. 
You can't have God as father without having church as mother. And he was just trying to remind us that actually if you're going to be a Christian and know God is your father, you also need to be part of the church, part of a local congregation. And when we're talking about churches, remember we're talking about people, not a building. Uh, often in this nation, when we refer to a church, we think about a building, an old building, usually with a tower uh, or a steeple of some kind. But actually, no, we're talking about people here. The most important thing about the church is the people who are in it uh, because God's always had a plan for his people. Right back from the beginning in the garden we find Abraham, uh, sorry we find Adam and Eve and then uh, coming out of that God speaks to Abraham and says and through you I'm going to bless the nations of the world and we follow the story through the nation of Israel and then it's widened out the Gentiles, the church which is what we have here. So it's just good and right that we find this in the creed and we're going to go through it and what we find down that line is there's two descriptions and I'll go through each one. The first description is the Holy Catholic Church and the second one is the communion of the saints. We're going to look at each one, find out what they mean and then we'll apply it to our life. So First description, Holy Catholic Church. Let's look at those three words in order. The first word, holy. Holy simply means set apart. It means different. It means something that is not <clears throat> ordinary or for everyday day use. It also has to do with purity and basically being other, not kind of of this world. And this word is most closely associated with God. God is described as holy. Actually, in several places he's described not just as holy, but holy 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 to emphasize the point god is different god is set apart god is pure god is other and uh, in terms of sheer number god is described as holy more than any other word in the bible i think it comes up 600 times this word in our bible god is holy um, but not only is god holy things associated with god are holy we find um, in the book of exodus when they built the tabernacle that great tent that was carried around the wilderness where the presence of God dwelled, we find that is described as holy. The tent is holy and all the furnishings that went in the tent, including the Ark of the Covenant and the altars and where the showbread was, they are described as holy. They are set apart for God. The priests who ministered at the tabernacle were also described as holy. They were set apart um, for their office of ministering towards God every day. Um, the offerings that were brought to the tabernacle were also described as holy because they were set apart for God. Later, uh, when the temple is built in Jerusalem under King Solomon, that also is dedicated and described as holy, holy places within the temple. We even find it used uh, on our days in the week, the, the final day of week, the Sabbath in the Ten Commandments. God says this is a holy day. It is set apart. I want you to honour it and keep it holy. And the church now here is described as holy, holy as the people of God. We are a set apart people. We have been separated uh, from the world and set apart to God. And church being holy involves kind of two aspects. There's the position or gift of being holy, but there's also the calling or task of being holy. So the first thing, what does it mean to be holy in terms of the position of holy or the gift of holiness? And that is church is holy because God made it holy. God made it righteous, put it in with right standing with him. Peter uh, describes in his, his first uh, epistle um, that the church is a holy nation. Uh, and this position is something that God has bestowed on the church. It's not something the church has earned in any way through uh, good works or service or just being around a long time. No, this is something God graciously bestowed on his people through the death and resurrection of Jesus 
uh, in his ascension into heaven, this people are set apart for him and therefore they are holy before him. The righteousness that Jesus had has been given to his people. God's people are declared not guilty before him. They can come boldly into his presence. They are described as holy. What Jesus has earned the church we received and we have been set apart and we are different from the world and this isn't something that changes or altered we just simply are as believers in Jesus as members of the church we are different from the world and we are declared holy it's not something we have to earn or make ourselves more holy we just are but as well as it being that position of holiness it's also a calling or a task that we're out to outwork we're fully aware that despite being holy as believers we are not entirely free from sin we just have to look at our own lives look at the lives of people around us we're all flawed and make mistakes but we are to live in the light of who we are we are to pursue holiness, the Bible says. Uh, Peter again writes in his first letter, he says, uh, quotes the Old Testament, he says, uh, God says, be holy because I'm holy. And so we are to live holy lives. Pete, uh, Paul, in his letter to the church of Corinth, says you are called to be his holy people. So there is a calling, there is something we are to work out. We are to live lives that are different to the world around us. We are to live lives that honour God, honour his word, honour his commands, honour what he wants us to do. And we are to be full of the Holy Spirit to do that. We looked at the Holy Spirit last week who empowers us for service. But not only are we holy, but we are to live holy lives, reflecting who we are who God has made us so the church is holy the second thing it says is is the holy catholic church now immediately some of you when you first heard that first read the creed thought what is that well let's say what it doesn't mean it doesn't mean roman catholic that is different this is catholic with a small c and what that word is is basically an old greek word that's been anglicized and it just means universal it just means universal. so there is one holy universal church which means that the church does not change from place to place uh, country to country or even century to century all believers of all times and all places are part of one great nation spanning church so the church is not restricted by geography or ethnicity or gender or class or the age you live in it contains uh, members from all peoples all tribes all nations uh, when we read the book of acts and we see many coming to faith all over the ancient world they all come to be part of one great universal church so the church is holy uh, the church is Catholic, the church is universal. And the final one there, we've got a holy Catholic, and it just says church. Now, we've got to notice here that it's not churches, it's church, singular. There is one church, one holy Catholic church. And God calls uh, his people out to be one people. We see it um, in the Old Testament with Israel, with that nation, and we see in the New Testament those coming to faith, being grasping, being the church. And again, we don't have a building in mind, we have people in mind. Uh, the church, the one people, is not where we meet, it's who we are as God's people. And um, this current pandemic has highlighted that dramatically to us. It's not about where we meet or buildings we are, it's about being God's people together. And we know that we are one church because as we read in our Bible, we find the church only has one head. Jesus Christ, we find that in Ephesians 5, we pray, we see Jesus praying in John 17 that God's people would be one, his people would be one together. We have one gospel, one apostolic message that says Jesus is Lord, you need to repent of your sin and put your faith and trust in him. We have that one message contained in our one Bible that we all kind of adhere to and whose authority we sit under. We find uh, in 1 Corinthians 10 that we share in one bread 
in the uh, when we take communion, we take the bread and the wine, and we share in one cup that remembers Jesus' one death on the cross for all time. We find in Ephesians four, there's one baptism for the forgiveness of sin. Not many things, just one. Um, and we find that uh, there is only one church as we read our read our Bible. Now that doesn't mean that we're all the same. We may be unified in one church, but it doesn't mean uniformity. So there is many di- there's great diversity in the church. You can go to a church in another nation, hear them worshiping in another language, uh, dress differently in a different kind of building, different kind of style, different context. That doesn't matter. We are all still part of one great church, God's church, which is fantastic news that if you're a Christian, you're part of this great nation-spanning, eternity-spanning people of God that contains members from every people, tribe, language and tongue from every age on this earth. It is a wonderful thing. So the first description there is we are one holy Catholic church. The second description we find is the communion of the saints. So this holy Catholic church is the communion of the saints. And what does that mean? Well, communion literally means the common union of believers. Uh, It has the idea of fellowship, uh, close association, intimacy, uh, knowing one another and then being known. Uh, The word there that we find in our Bible, the Greek word koinonia, uh, simply means sharing life together, the highs, the lows, the joys, the sorrows, uh, sharing material goods, sharing our gifts, our talents, our abilities with one another. We find if you read in the book of Acts, Acts 2, uh, 42 to 47, we have that beautiful little description of the church and you see them coming together and eating together and being together and praying together and learning together and sharing with one another so that no one had any need because we're all looking after it. And we read through our Bible, we find a list again and again of these one anothering or each otherings, pray for one another, love one another, care for one another, spur one another on, all these kind of things. This is what it means to be in communion together. So this is, the church is a communion, is a coming together of believers um, and sharing lives together. Then it says the communion of the saints. Now, what's a saint? Well, a saint is someone who is holy and called to live a holy life. We've touched on that with the holy Catholic church, but the saint is, describes an individual believer, but you notice it's a plural, it's saints, we come together as a group and as a believer we are consecrated to God and a saint isn't someone who's a special individual who, who lived a long time ago. We often see that on the names of churches, you know, they're saints so-and-so um, of this particular church, but actually it's a word that describes all believers from all time. Actually, if we read our Bible, it's quite a common word. You find the Apostle Paul particularly writing to churches in certain places and he begins the letter to the saints in and then fills in the place name where they are. And that was just a general kind of title for everybody in the church, every believer there, they were saints, whether they were young or old, male or female, whether they'd been a Christian for a matter of days or even decades, they were all saints. And the saints were those who are righteous and holy before God, even though we still mess up, we have that same position like the church to be declared righteous and holy. And we are to be a communion of holy people together, loving and serving one another. And as a Christian, we have communion in many levels. We have communion with God the Father, it says in 1 John. We have communion with God the Son, it says in 1 Corinthians. We have communion uh, or fellowship with the Holy Spirit, it says at the end of 2 Corinthians. But we also have it with believers. We have it for one another today. And as we live out 
our life as the people of God, as the church, we are to enjoy that communion together as we worship together, as we pray together, as we take bread and wine together, as we do life together, sharing the highs and the lows. We are to be that communion, that people who come together um, as a holy set apart people before God. So if this is the church, uh, this holy universal one church and we are to live together as saints before God in communion with one another. What does it mean for us now in kind of lockdown living? How do we live it out in our kind of current situation? Well, there's three things I just kind of want to share with you sort of as we finish that we can sort of put to, put into practice here and now. And the first one is that I want us to fight the I. Fight the I. Now, one of the most common words in the English language is I, me. It's all about me. And we tend to think in that context. We tend to think about me and mine. We judge our experience of church, uh, particularly, and other things on, on what it means for us, what it means for me. And as living in a Western individualistic culture, this is the air we breathe. It's all about my rights and what do I get out of this and what does it mean for me and how do I feel about it and how do I experience this and what this kind of can kind of breed in us is this attitude that everything is about me and everything's about me and I'll judge everything upon that and I read this great quote uh, in a book that sort of summed it up it says this it says um, church becomes a place where I go to get my God fix for the week a place where I can get some encouragement from my favorite preacher somewhere I can attend to enjoy the worship music that I find uplifting a convenient place where I can meet up with my Christian friends. A provider who exists, exists primarily for my spiritual satisfaction and my religious pressure. And that is not what the church is about. The church is not about that. The church is not all about us and what I can get out of it. And we as believers here need to fight that, particularly in this culture and climate that we live in the church isn't about us it's not about i it's not about what i get out of it and if we read our bible we find many images of the church used we find it called a flock um, in the book of Acts and 1 Peter and in Matthew we find it called a building in Corinthians we find it called a household and a family in Ephesians and Galatians we find it called a body in Romans and Corinthians and Ephesians we find it Peter calls it a royal priesthood a holy nation and all of those things what they have in common is they require lots of people or parts to work it's all about the group it's not about me as an individual it's about us all coming together to make it work. The church is about loving and sharing and serving one another. It's about putting our, uh, the needs of others before our own. It's about digging in when life gets tough and helping one another out. And I have seen this in this church during our lockdown uh, time. We're kind of, I think this is our 19th Sunday, 19th Sunday of this. And over the last for plus months I've seen so many of you uh, serving and loving and caring for one another those in the church those outside the church and it's been an absolute joy to behold it's been wonderful to be on the receiving end of it it's been wonderful as our family to play our part in that and make it happen um, but as we go through this fight 
the urge to think it's about you. It's something that the, the world will try and conform you, beat you into its mould, say this is all about you, what are you getting out of it? Fight that urge, realise this is about us, how can I serve? How can I receive uh, people serving me? Because sometimes we, we, like, we can be okay with serving, but actually if someone wants to serve us, we can kind of find ourselves, the self-righteousness and the pride boils up in us. How do we let others serve ourselves? And so fight that eye, remind yourself, maybe do a study the Bible, all those words, that are used to describe it and actually reflect on what it means to be part of a flock, part of a family, part of a body, part of a nation of people together serving Jesus. The second thing that we can do, we fight the eye, the second one is to stay connected. Stay connected. The, the writer of the Hebrews gives a very clear command. Do not give up the habit of meeting together. Do not give up the habit of meeting together. And because of our current situation, not being able to physically meet together in any kind of uh, larger context, it's been frustrating, it's difficult, um, but we must not give up the habit of staying connected with one another. We primarily do this through our life groups where they meet weekly um, via the kind of the Zoom, meet up in screens. Do not opt out of this. Uh, no one likes it. No one thinks it's fun. No one thinks it's uh, the best, but it's the best we've got now. And the reality is this is likely to continue till Christmas. Um, there's no sign of let up, they're easing of lockdowns, they could easily restrict them again. We are in this still for another good few months. And so we need to dig in with this. Do not give up the habit of meeting together. Stay connected with your group. If you've made this in just to opt out, you've made a foolish, foolish mistake. That is what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you isolated, he wants you alone, he wants you thinking no one cares for you, no one knows about you, no one knows your situation. Stay connected so people can know what's going on, people are able to serve you, love you and look after you. Our youth meet are on a Friday night via Zoo. Gemma and the team are doing a fantastic job connecting them, looking after them. If you've got young people in your home, in your family, enable them to get involved. Do not let them opt out. Do not let them isolate themselves. Stay connected with their peers who are going through the same things and then stay connected as they learn about Jesus. Uh, we've got New Day at Home coming up in a few weeks. Make sure they're, they're kind of connected in with that, booked into that, connected with Gemma and the team. Um, because they can get involved in it. Uh, stay connected with Church at Prayer. We are having some amazing times of prayer. Our attendance has skyrocketed since a lockdown. God is doing something in this church, in fact, in this nation, the nations of the world, in prayer. It is great to come together and pray. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, where we've all come together, prayed, we've worshipped, we've gone into breakout rooms in small groups. We've just got right on with prayer. I've prayed with people I haven't prayed with before. We've come out, some people have led us in prayer, and then we've gone on to the next topic and done the same again. They're Fantastic. Make sure you stay connected. If you can, meet up in person with people. There are um, allowances for this. We can meet up with six people uh, from different households at one point. So I've done some garden get-togethers with people, been on walks with a few people together, and that's been great just to stay connected. You can meet with two households together of any number, and that includes people in the support bubble. And so we've done that. We've been out and we've met up uh, with other, our house, our family and another family and just had some time together. That's been fantastic. Make sure you're doing it. Enjoy the privilege of being part of the communion of the saints. Do not opt out. Do not um isolate yourself it's just what the enemy wants it will push on your insecurities no one loves you no one cares and that is just not true we love you we care for you we want to know you we want to stay connected with you the last thing so fight the eye stay connected and that is look to welcome others in look to welcome others in. the church is the one organization on the planet that exists for the benefit of its non-members we exist for the benefit 
of our non-members. We are here to honour and glorify Jesus and invite others into that same relationship. And so what I would love us to be doing is looking for opportunities to share this good news with people around us, people uh, in our homes, people in our workplaces, people we're meeting up online with, people who are living next door to us, those around us, that we are looking for ways to love and serve them. And I've heard story after story after story from you guys, uh, that stuff that's going on in the church, how people have been serving uh, neighbours, looking for opportunities to pray for them, bless them. They're the, we did the hampers that went out to all those hospitals and the people were just overwhelmed in their kind of staff rooms, what we've done. I've known people who've been caring for neighbours and doing shopping for them and all those things. Look for ways to do that. And if you're stumped at kind of what to do, pray. Pray that God would move in this nation. Pray that God would add to his one glorious church in this town, in this city, in the nations of the world. Pray. Come join us with prayers. We pray for all those things. And if you're not a believer here and you're, you're listening to this and you're not part of God's church, I want to offer you the opportunity to do that. Opportunity to come right now to turn away from living your own life, to repent of your sins, put your faith and trust in Jesus, cry out to him for mercy, recognise that you've been living your own life and you haven't been living his life, um, recognise that you've fallen short of his standards and just cry and say, God, forgive me, you are Lord and I want to follow you all the days of my life and come and join us, be part of this one holy Catholic Church, a communion of saints. It's going to be uh, awesome uh, and we look forward to having you. So that's where I'm going to stop today. That's uh, the ninth part of our series on the Apostles' Creed. Videos are going to appear around me um, for other stuff we've been doing. Looking forward to next week where we're going to finish out final part of this. Um, hope you're doing well. Stay connected. Be part of this church. Missing you all. Love you all loads. See ya.